Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. It's hard to hear our gospel passage today and not think of the words to this well-known, well-loved hymn. It's in our hymnals as number 671. From the images of both David in our first Samuel reading and Jesus as shepherd of lost sheep to our psalm, which again is something that many of us know by heart, where the Lord is our shepherd who leads us and guides us through the darkest of trials, to the man born blind who utters the very words that author John Newton used in his lyrics. The words, and indeed the tune of Amazing Grace, were running through my mind as I studied these readings. When I looked up John Newton, I was surprised to learn that he was an atheist English slave trader. You can't make this stuff up. Who, back in 1745 at the age of 20, was captured and became a slave himself. When he was rescued a few years later, Newton returned to the slave trade and captained several slave ships before getting caught in a terrible storm where he is said to have called out to God for mercy. The ship landed in Ireland, and there, that is where Newton started his conversion. It took time, however, and he continued in the slave trade for six more years before he changed his views on slavery, became an Anglican priest, and then 34 years later became an advocate against the slave trade that he had been his livelihood for so long. Despite his somewhat lengthy turn from what we might consider the darkness to the light, Newton stated that his time in Ireland after the terrible storm was the point in his life that inspired both his conversion to Christianity and the writing of this hymn. For some of us, it takes a long time to make that turn away from sin and towards Jesus, away from the dark and towards the light away from the old and accepted and comfortable and profitable, and towards the new and strange and unknown. It can take a long time to realize that we are, in fact, lost. But once we make that turn, after we enter into that light, it is usually possible to look back and pinpoint, just as Newton did, the exact moment that we made that shift, a before and an after a moment in time that we were lost and then found, blind and then saw. Much like our hymn writer, the community in our gospel reading this morning was perfectly content living in what we can see, thanks to our gospel writer's skill, was a dark place. In their view, these people are living holy lives, following the rules, living according to the law prescribed by Torah and by the Pharisees, they are protective of that life and suspicious of anything or anyone that might threaten it. And then here comes Jesus, just walking by, and he turns everything upside down. He chooses, and notice that the blind man does not seek him out. He chooses this blind man to heal. And although he could have done this in an instant, and on a Monday or a Tuesday, or some day that wasn't the Sabbath, he heals this man in a way that will undoubtedly draw attention. 
Now, one of the things forbidden on the Sabbath was healing, and one of the ingredients commonly used for healing back in that time was clay. So Jesus makes absolutely sure that there would be talk amongst the townsfolk about what was going on. And then Jesus disappears for the entire interrogation. We watch with a kind of bird's eye view as this formerly blind man is questioned by the authorities, and we watch from another angle as his parents, out of fear for their own place in the community, fail to defend their only son. It it certainly isn't hard to feel for this man who is simply trying to explain that he was blind and now he sees. He is saying it so plainly, but no one seems to be listening. No one can really see what has transpired. What is important about the man born blind is not his disability, but that there is a before and an after, blindness, sight. Because his true healing doesn't come with the restoration of his vision, for even after he gains his sight, we find him wandering. But after he has been sent out of the only community he has ever known, his true healing comes after Jesus, always the shepherd, finds him when he is able to say, Lord, I believe. If we insert ourselves into this story and make it our own, perhaps we can imagine a situation where we are, in some way, blind, and then we turn to Jesus and our life changes, a before and an after. Maybe we're still in the middle of that turn and don't recognize it, or maybe our true conversion hasn't happened yet. When I first heard the call to ordained ministry, it was literally that, a call, a voice speaking to me, so clearly that I turned my head to see who was talking. That voice, I'm going to assume it was God's voice, was telling me what to do. And I wasn't seeking God out, at least I wasn't consciously doing so, and I didn't ask for this to happen. But that moment for me was a defining point, a line in my life that marked a before and an after. And while I wouldn't say that I had my back turned to God before that, I wasn't a slave trader per se, but after I made a very conscious and determined effort to turn towards him, to trust him, and to follow that voice. And I found that after I did that, it was as though I was looking at the world through a different lens. I had, to really stretch the metaphor here, I had a new way of seeing. Now you can call it what you will, an aha moment, a spiritual awakening, a call, or you can say that I was imagining the whole thing. But for me, that was it. That was the turning point. Just as for each of us has or will have a turning point, or maybe more than one in life, on our Christian journey, it might not be believable to other people. Any more than smearing dirt and spit on someone's eyes sounds like a believable cure for blindness. And that is fine, because it is our point in time, our blindness, our healing. And we have to remember that sometimes it takes time. The man in our reading today is not healed instantly, although Jesus certainly could have managed that. Instead, there was mud and saliva and then washing in a pool where Jesus is not even present. Turning to God can take a minute. Learning that new way of seeing can take days, years, decades, 
just as it did for our hymn writer, just as it did for me. But eventually, there's an old you and a new you, a before and an after, that is something the world can recognize. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I can see. I once thought or acted this way, and now I don't, because I can see that it was wrong. And as we turn towards Christ, remember, that is the only thing we need to do, turns towards him. As we make that turn, the world can also see that we have been redeemed, that we are different, and that we are acting and thinking differently than we did before. They can see, and maybe there is something to this Jesus stuff after all, that they, they can see that there, maybe there is something to this Jesus stuff after all. And then, like John Newton, like the man born blind, and like so many hundreds of thousands of others who have gone before us, we become evangelists, showing others with our actions instead of just telling them that everyone can walk with Christ, even in their darkest times. Everyone can have a before and an after. Everyone can have that unexpected, Lord, I believe moment. That moment of amazing grace that cures our blindness, instills a faith that will never die, and saves us all.